We are in uh, Acts chapter 8, if you are following along. And uh, as a a bit of a reminder, kind of where we left off last week, um, we are following this man named Philip, who was one of seven chosen for his exceptional wisdom, his character. He was put in charge of the, the one of the ministries in Jerusalem. And then there's this uh, uprising of persecution and violence, which, which God uses. I, I, I've loved one of my, one of my favorite images for, for how I think of God and the work of God in the world is that God is the great recycler. And God takes all of the trash and all of the things that are thrown out and he's able to recycle it and turn it into something good. And so the disciples flee out of Jerusalem and it is a scattering of the people and God is able to recycle that and turn it into a great sending. And the people go and and we're told in Acts 8 over and over and over that everywhere Philip goes, he goes and he proclaims the good news of Jesus. Good news of Jesus. He tells the good news of Jesus. And what we know from the beginning of the book of Acts is that God has a plan to extend the good news of his reign and rule over all the earth. And it's going to go from Samaria to the ends of the earth. And this is God's plan. This is God's heart. This has been God's intention since the very beginning. We even sang about that, right? Or we read today in Isaiah these promises of, of, of people coming into the light, all the nations. And so there's this, this sending, and, and Philip is sent out, and Philip begins the work just as Jesus predicted, and he goes into Samaria. And we have this great story about a magician and the work that he does, and people in Samaria begin to hear the good news. And then God's plan and God's passion is, is not done. He has this plan to keep pushing, and Philip now goes out And as far as I can tell, Philip is the first person to baptize a Gentile. Now I'm looking. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But as far as I can tell, Philip's the first one to see that God's work is going to expand beyond the people in Jerusalem, beyond their relatives in Samaria. There was some mixed blood there, but they were sort of similar people. And there's going to actually expand even farther into the world of the Gentiles. And Philip is one who follows in this. Now, before we read the text, um, I think I just want to, to point out one. I think that this is the significant shift in the story of Acts, this story. And the next story in 9 is going to be the call of Saul to Paul, because What God is now doing in the world is so radical, it's going to take a completely different kind of person to take that work into the next part. Eunuchs are an interesting people. Willie Jennings, kind of one of the, the primary theologians I've been leaning on as we preach through Acts, he says, that the Ethiopian is is marked, his difference is marked by his origin in Ethiopia, which is the outer limits of the known world. It is even signified by his blackness. His difference is also marked by his sexuality, neither unambiguously male or female. The eunuch is the ultimate outsider, the ultimate one who is other and different. 
What we, what we know about the story of the eunuch is that he comes and he wants to worship God. He is drawn to the story of Yahweh, to the story of Israel. And so he goes to Jerusalem to worship. But he is not allowed to worship. We know from Deuteronomy 23.1, it says, No man whose testicles are crushed or who, whose penis is cut off can belong to the Lord's assembly. So this man comes, person, <laughs> this eunuch, comes to the temple to worship God and is told, no. You may not because of your otherness. The religion of the people excludes him from the community of faith. Worship in the temple was very hierarchical. You have priests, you have men, you have women, you have other Gentile proselytes, those who have come to be converted, and then everybody else who may not come near God. And so then we read this story. As we read this story, I think we have to read it in that lens of one who is other and one who has been sent away. This is Luke's agenda. Right? Luke repeatedly, this is uh, the theologian Dean Pinter writes, Luke repeatedly shows how Jesus and then his disciples welcomes and includes those who often find themselves marginalized by the religious and cultural establishment. Women, Elizabeth, Mary, Lydia, um, the Morris, I can't read my own writing, the poor, the slaves, the shepherds, the day laborers, the infirm, the lepers and the lame, and the foreigners, the Samaritans, the Ethiopians, and the Romans. And so Luke constantly reminds us of those who have been excluded, who have been pushed out, and God's call for them. And so let's read the text together. <clears throat> An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and said, At noon, take the road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza, this is a desert, desert road, and so he did. First thing I just, like, right there is the question I ask is, like, are we listening to the Spirit? Because this is not some, like, big, you know, at the end of the story, all of a sudden he's, like, transported away, and, and that's very strange. But this story starts with a man who is attentive to the Spirit leading him. It's as simple as that. The Holy Spirit spoke and said, go to this road and stand there. And are we living in attuneness to the, what the Spirit of God is saying so that we are ready to obey and go and find ourselves in the place that we need to be? That's, that's how the story starts. That's how God's ministry works. That's how God is moving in the world. He sends his disciples and says, go stand, be ready. At the same time, so he did, right? Meanwhile, at the same time, an Ethiopian man was on his way home from Jerusalem where he had come to worship and we know had been sent away. He was a eunuch, an official responsible for the entire treasury of Candace. And Candace is the title given to the Ethiopian queen. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah while he was sitting in his carriage. And the spirit told Philip, approach this carriage and stay with it. 
And so running up to the carriage, Philip heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah, and he asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, without someone to guide me, how could I? And he invited Philip to climb up and sit with him. And this was the passage of scripture he was reading. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb before its shears in silence, so he didn't open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was taken away from him. And who can tell the story of his descendants because his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, tell me about whom does this prophet say this? Is he talking about himself or someone else? And starting with that passage, Philip proclaimed the good news about Jesus to him. And so they went down the road and they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, water, what would keep me from being baptized? He ordered that the carriage halt, and both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water where Philip was baptized. And when they came out of the water, the Lord's Spirit suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch never saw him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. Philip found himself in Azotus, and he traveled through th throughout that area, preaching the good news in all the cities until he reached Caesarea. So let me just offer a few things from the text that, that sort of speak to me. The first is, this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible, and I love the image that happens in this story. It is the image of the dejected Ethiopian walking, riding away in his carriage. And I wonder, even in this passage, in the question that he asks, as he reads Isaiah, in verse 33, it says, In his humiliation, justice was taken away from him. And who can this tell the story of his descendants? Because his life was taken from the earth. Here's a man who will have no descendants. And I wonder if maybe the eunuch himself was feeling some of that passage in his own heart. He was experiencing the loss of justice. He was experiencing the, the missing out on knowing that when he died, his name would die with him. That he would have no descendants to pass on his story. That this was the end in a culture, in a world where that meant everything. That's why not having children was so shameful. Because your name, your family was all that you would pass on. And the eunuch will never have this. And, and he's writing down this story. He's reading and he's dejected. And he's traveling away from Jerusalem, away from the place of God's presence. And then we read that God sends his disciple running after him. Philip chases down the chariot and I just see this picture, this heart of God for those who have been turned away by religion, who have been turned away by the church, who have been turned away by others because of their otherness, their ethnicity, their sexuality, whatever it is. And God sends his church, his disciples, chasing after them. And they jump into it. And he says, can I, can I read the Bible with you? And so I hear God chasing the rejected and sending his disciples after him. God will always chase after those who have been turned away from him. The other thing I, I think as I, I read this passage is, is the importance of reading Scripture with people that are different than us. Because he gets into this chariot, and, and I don't, I'm guessing like Philip probably a pretty good Jewish boy, spent most of his time in Jerusalem reading the Bible with other people who read the Bible similar to him. 
And he jumps into this chariot and he starts reading the passage of Scripture with somebody who's totally different than him. And he begins to explain the story of God to him. He explains the good news to him. And, and then what happens when we read the Bible different, with people who are different than us is they ask different questions. And all of a sudden, the eunuch says, hey, there's some water. What's going to keep me from being baptized? Everything. <laughs> You're not supposed to. And yet here's a man who, or a eunuch who, who's, whose heart is for God, who sees the water and asks a different question. And Philip's understanding of Scripture has been transformed. And he says, well, nothing. Let's see this. And they get into the water. Actually, it's really, I was, I was reading it this time. <clears throat> Listen to this in, in 36. It says, the eunuch said, look, water, what should keep me from being baptized he ordered the carriage to halt, and both Philip and the eunuch went down. It's like the Philip uh, or the eunuch takes the initiative, and he says, "Hey, water, stop! Let's go." And Philip's just like following the spirit and says, "Let's go." Okay. What's interesting is um, as, as he's as as they're reading Isaiah together, they're, they're starting in a Isaiah. What is it? Isaiah fifty, forty-six. 53. Thank you, Ashlyn. So they're reading Isaiah 53, which means they don't have to go far down the story of Isaiah. They just turn a couple more pages in the scroll or whatever, and they get to Isaiah 56. And this is what Isaiah 56 says. Remember, we're reading this in the context of one who is from the farthest edges of the earth, the ends of the earth. We're reading this in the context of a eunuch who has been turned away from the temple. And the Lord says, Don't let the immigrant who is joined with the Lord say, The Lord will exclude me from the people. And don't let the eunuch say, I'm just a dry tree. The Lord says to the eunuch who keeps my Sabbath, Choose what I desire and remain loyal to my covenant. In my temple... And court, I will give them a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an enduring name that won't be removed. The immigrants who have joined me, serving me, and loving my name will become my servants. Everyone who keeps the Sabbath without making it impure, and those who hold fast to my covenant, I will bring them to my holy mountain and bring them joy in my house of prayer. And then we come to this passage that we all know so well. I will accept their entirely burned offerings and sacrifices on my altar, and my house will be known as a house of prayer for all people. Says the Lord God, who gathers Israel's outcasts. I will gather still others to those I have already gathered. God's vision. God's plan. The eunuch finds in the body of Christ a new body. He finds welcome. He is gathered by God into the place of worship. He is gathered by God. And so the spirit, Jennings writes, is driving a disciple where a disciple would not ordinarily go. 
and creating a meeting that without divine desire would not have happened. Faith in Jesus of, Naz- faith in Jesus of Nazareth does draw us to a new way of life, a shared life that disrupts the old patterns of living and breaks open cultural, familial, and tribal alliances and allegiances. And so a new person is made. Outsiders are made insiders, and Jesus welcomes them. The dry tree becomes a place of abundance and fruit. My house will be a house of prayer for all peoples. The outcasts, the excluded. And the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is spreading from Jerusalem to Samaria to the outer edges of the world, that faraway place of Ethiopia. It's welcoming the magician who practices magic. It invites the eunuch who is other in every way. And it says, you may come into the family You belong in the family of God. And when we reject them, when we turn them away, God will send his disciples running us dry and calling us back. We open up the Bible. So my kind of four points. We listen to the Spirit, Acts 8.26. What's the Spirit leading us to? What corner are we called to stand on? God will chase the rejected, Acts 8.30. He sends us to be his disciples, to do the same. Three, I think we have to learn to read Scripture with people different than us because they're going to ask different questions and they're going to challenge us to see and read the Bible differently, and that's good. And finally, sometimes it takes a new person to move that forward. And we're going to see that next week in Acts 9 when Jesus transforms a man named Saul to carry his good news that Jesus is a king of the universe, reconciling, redeeming, restoring the world and all people. And he will go to the Gentiles. But Philip got there first. <laughs> Amen.